0: Yes, what's the story, everyone? Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron, and the Tolchian Cup semi finals are throwing in this weekend. Two big, big games to discuss: Cavan against Sligo, West Mead against Offaly. Here, as always, to break them down on this weekend's preview show. It is just myself this week, so you will just have to put up with yours truly. But we will be breaking down both games: two massive games, of course, at stake, a chance well, obviously both games happening at Crow Park, but a chance to get to the final, which will be in Crow Park as well. So huge opportunity, certainly, for these four counties, all playing, uh, both games playing in Crow Park this weekend. Um, and certainly, um, you know, some big, big talking points for the likes of both Cavan and Sligo. Cavan, obviously, you know, a team that I think many people really would have expected, um, you know, or, or I think when a lot of people look at this Cavan team, I think we all very much feel, they probably should be in the qualifiers or should have been in the qualifiers and shouldn't have been in the Talchean Cup given the quality that they've had but obviously a couple of relegations back-to-back has found themselves in this situation. Sligo on the other hand side of things you know a real up-and-coming team in many ways a lot of young players a lot of success at underage level in the last couple of seasons and they're certainly a county that is very much on the rise under Tony McEntee. On the other hand side you've got Westmead who, again, you know, another team, in my opinion, that I would see them as a Division Two level side. Um, You know, but a, a disappointing relegation last season, followed on with uh, a disappointing league campaign in many respects is the whole reason why they find themselves here. And in a similar breath to Sligo, Offaly is another team that's had a lot of underage success in the last couple of seasons that has been improving, bringing through younger lads. And um, they've actually got a very settled squad and certainly... A team that, in my opinion, could uh, cause Westmead a lot of problems this weekend. And if some of you lads remember my Tolchian Cup predictions, I did tip awfully as a as a dark horse, and I do really feel that they could be they could cause a couple of shocks this weekend to uh, to a lot of people in that Westmead game. We are going to be going through the All Stars as well, early All Stars from the All orland Senior Football Championship. My pick of All Stars so far from the 2022 all-ireland senior football championship so we'll be doing that after the preview of the uh of the two games so we're going to be picking the best 15 players from the championship so far this year and by word or my word it was uh it was quite a tough pick to be honest because there's been a really a lot of good players this year and um i think the toughest part about it all as well as you know Obviously, it's hard to pick the all stars right now because, for example, Kerry have only played two games against, you know, low level Division Two sides compared with, um, you know, maybe an Armagh Derry who had to play Division One teams only. So, definitely a, a lot to discuss and um, plenty of uh, comments coming in here. Edit says hi, Sir. Klopp says I'm finally here on time. Happy days, happy days, my man. I'm usually I'm usually a few minutes late anyway. I usually kind of wait. Just uh, a few minutes so people can sort of jump into the stream and all the rest, but um, sure, look, we'll crack on with the uh, with the preview. Westmead and Offaly is the uh, first game we're going to discuss here, and um, very intrigued, you know, both rivals, two neighbors, Westmead and Offaly, two counties that very well know each other, and um, you know, certainly will be liked to or, or certainly will want to come out on uh, with a bit of bracken rights make no mistake about it it's two teams that you know would feel better than the Tolchin cup in some respects i think they'll want to kick on and sort of you know solidify themselves as a division two team in the next couple of seasons and realistically won't want to be in this competition but they found themselves in here awfully relegated from division two this year westmead obviously couldn't get uh promoted as well so um, you know, you would expect these two sides to actually be up there battling for promotion from Division Three next season. Um, in terms of, awfully like just running through some of their results on route to the Tolchin Cup semi final So a three eleven to two thirteen win over Wexford. They then dug out an eighteen point or eighteen points to ten victory over Wicklow, and then a three seventeen to eleven point, very comprehensive. Victory over New York Westmead. Have only played two games, but have certainly been uh, pushed to their pin of their collar. A one thirteen to thirteen point win over Leisha. A game they actually played, the majority of which were fourteen men as well. And uh, they then dug out a, a tough and hard fought win away to Carlo, one twenty one to two thirteen. So big, big results right there from uh, from a Westmead perspective. Um, focusing in on Awfully. So far, I mean, Noel McNamee is obviously going to be their their biggest threat. And I think having a player of his quality in Crow Park, I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge interest. I mean, he scored one sixteen so far in the Tolsion Cup, one of the top scorers in the competition. Um, you know, an experienced veteran of the game, as we very well know, alongside Rory McNamee. And he's bags of quality, bags of talent. And I'm very excited to see him play because obviously I haven't seen too much of Offaly play this year. Um, you know, and, and that is what kind of makes uh, these Tallchen Cup predictions maybe a little bit more difficult because you're sort of looking at scores and basing it off of that. And obviously we've seen a couple of games in the Tallchen Cup this year on GEA Go. And we've also seen a couple of highlights on the Sunday game. Um, so we, we've seen a fair few. But one player that has impressed me quite a lot for Offaly this year is Anton Sullivan. Um, you know, he came off the bench, I remember, in the latter stages of the league and done quite well. You know, veteran player, he's been around the panel for the last couple of seasons and he's done a very, very good job, to be fair. You know, he kicked two points in that win versus Wexford, he kicked two points versus Wicklow as well um, and he was heavily influential in their result over New York. He got himself a goal to go with it. So, he's been very crucial linking up the play from from, from what I've seen, obviously, on You know, from watching that New York game, um, a part of everything, uh, very direct as well, very quick on the ball. And to be fair to Offaly, you know, they do play good football. They play attractive football, um, you know, and obviously you would when you're playing in New York, to be fair. I mean, you'd be quite worried if they went defensive for for that game. And, um, you know, they've, they've plenty of good players like Jack Bryant, who was a big, big part of Offaly's under 20. All Ireland championship win. Like he started to solidify himself in the team now, a corner forward. He kicked two points against New York. He also kicked two points against Wicklow as well. So you know this is the the sort of main positive about the Talshy and when you think about it. Like a player like Jack Bryant, for example, um the likes of your Cormac Egan's, your Ty- Mark Tynans, Mark Abbotts. You know, young lads sort of coming through the side for Offaly and even for Sligo as well. You know, if they just got dumped out of a championship or were in the qualifiers and got a 10- to 15-point hammering, they wouldn't get game time. They wouldn't have a chance to develop. They just would have been sent back to their clubs and they would have had no meaningful inter-county football. And been able to see players like Jack Bryant, for example, get more game time, I think is a, a big, big positive. And it's been something similar that we've seen with uh, with Sligo as well because they've also... Um, been able to introduce a, a lot of good players as well, or a lot of younger players. Jordan Hayes has looked impressive around the middle as well. And, um, I mean, look, I think Westmead would be the slight favorites going into this one. Um, but Westmead have been a strange side. Like, they weren't – like, they seem to dig themselves into holes and, and sort of put themselves in in awkward situations. Like, in the, in the Leash game, Kevin McGuire gets sent off um you know in the 19th minute early on in the first half they end up narrowly coming through that game but going up against a leash side that was down on confidence that had been hammered just a couple of weeks previous to wicklow you know you would have fancied westmead maybe to to put the nail in the coffin so westmead are a strange team when they're playing the the sort of the the good teams or 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 teams that you would perceive as better than westmead i.e kildare for example they'll play quite well and they'll kick 215 um you know, and and even last year at times when they played Mead and Mayo, they looked very good. They were very well organized and were actually quite unlucky not to come out, you know, with at least a draw in either one of those games, if not, you know, if not unlucky to to not have won either one of them two. So um it's a strange one West Mead against Carlo. They were, you know, they came up against the a Carlo side that was obviously buoyed up by that win over Tipperary. Um you know, but look to be fair to them. With the fact that they're a side that is quite used to playing in Crow Park, to be fair, more so than this Offaly side, like the the Leinster semi-finals. Obviously, in the last two seasons, I've been in Crow Park against um, against Kildare. They've had a, a Division Four final, I remember, a couple of sea or Division Three final, a couple of seasons ago in Crow Park as well. So they've played a, a couple more games in Crow Park, maybe more so than Offaly, and that could stand to them. John Heslin is obviously going to be the man to uh, to watch out for there. He's kicked 114 so far this year. Luke Lachlan, the re-emergence of him has been key. Um, eight points in his last two, all of which from play. So he could make a, a big, big difference as well. Still have Ray Canellan to come back into the side as well. I believe he's out with an injury at the minute. Um, didn't Was on the panel the last day against Carlo, but didn't feature. Sam McCarton has looked good as well, one four in his last two. So Westmead have a lot of quality across the pitch, but it is a, a hard one to call. Sir Klopp says here, awfully a good team, but haven't been properly tested yet. Their backs are suspect. Westmead's strength is their attack. Their forwards are pacey. You can see this game being an exciting open game. Westmead to win by two or three. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard one to know. I mean, you feel like if Westmead are at the races and they play to their potential, they should win the game. But as I said, they've had a lot of inconsistency in there. And awfully, although, as you say there, they do have a couple of defensive issues, make no mistake about that. They have been playing in a much, they played some good teams this year. You know, they've played the likes of your US Commons, your Galways, you know, they've had a tough battle against Cork. They've had a lot of competitive games this year, more so than Westmead, um, given the fact that Westmead, obviously you've only played two games in this competition maybe they've more or less played the same but i just think awfully have played a bit higher quality opposition so look i think this is going to be a very very close game very exciting game i think this might be the better of the two games uh in the in the semi-finals to be honest but i'm gonna back westmead after extra time i think my prediction at the start of the torsion cup was that a westmead cavern final so i think we're gonna we're gonna stick to that prediction and i think westmead should uh should narrowly have enough. But it is going to be a fascinating battle between the uh, the two veteran sharpshooters in John Heslin of Westmead and Noel McNamee of Offaly. And um, you know, plenty of young lads coming through, um, Offaly at the minute, some young players coming into the mix with Westmead as well. And um, you know, I think it's gonna be a, a very, very open and exciting game. Make no mistake about that. Cavan and Sligo is the next game to discuss. Cavan are overwhelming favorites in many respects to win this Tolchin Cup, and you can certainly understand so. I mean, every test that they've had this year, or they haven't really been tested at all, you know, any sort of tests you might think they might have, they've overcome with ease. I mean, Fermanagh away was built up in, in most people's eyes, including myself, as a game that. They might struggle in going to a ground they lost that last year. Um, Fermanagh, local derby, Brewster Park. You know it might be a bit difficult for them. Fermanagh were going in with a bit of form as well, but um, absolutely put them to the pin of their collar, two sixteen to a thirteen point win, a nine point victory. And actually, just looking through Cavan's uh, results in total, I mean they'd be down com- comprehensively twenty four points to one twelve. Uh, they then followed that one up with that result over formana as well so like on paper Fermanagh and down I know down have got a lot of issues behind the scenes at the minute but on paper you're probably looking at two of the stronger sides and formana away was probably Kevin's toughest draw that they could have got in in the next in, in the next round of the Tochin Cup so the fact that they've come through them so convincingly i think it just lead leans really towards a towards a a pretty comfortable Cavan victory, to be perfectly honest. Um, they've clearly carried on that same form that we've seen from them in the championship. You know, they obviously came through Antrim with uh, with pretty much ease. Uh, they comprehensively uh, dug out, or, or sorry, not comprehensively, but they put in a very good shift against Donegal as well. Kick sixteen points that day, and I think they can look at themselves a little bit unlucky as well. And what what you know fascinates me about Cavan as well is they aren't. Especially in this Tolchin Cup, like maybe in the Championship against Donegal, they were probably reliant quite a lot on um, the influence of Paddy Lynch. But to be honest with you, I you know, and this might be a bit of a left field statement, but I really feel that this Cavan team is actually better than the 2020 team. To to be perfectly honest, um, you know, maybe they didn't get the the looker in terms of breaking balls, or um, obviously in the 2020 final. Sean Patton spills that ball and and Kevin get a goal out of it right at the end. Like sometimes you just need a little bit of luck to win those games Um, against down. For example, I remember there was a dodgy goal disallowed and look, these things happen. Sometimes luck goes in your favor. Sometimes it goes against you. As we've seen in the, in the semi-final in the Ulster semi-finals Two long balls floated in that were supposed to be points from the forwards. They ended up dropping short and Donegal ended up working goals out of them. So I just think this Cavan side is really well balanced. Like, Paddy Lynch has kicked seven points in the Tolchin Cup. A lot of people would look at him as Cavan's number one forward this year. And he probably still hasn't even kicked into first gear or kicked into, you know, the absolute best version of himself in the Tolchin Cup. Gro McKern has kicked 11 points. Gallagher, Thomas Gallagher won four. You know, Faulkner's got forward and, and, and got and on the score sheet with a goal as well. They're just getting scores from everywhere. James Smith, Jared Smith getting in there as well. Um, Raymond Gallagher, you know, must be, I think he is the top scoring goalkeeper in the country at the minute. Um, he's kicked eight points so far, very good option from 45. So Cabin just have a whole host of uh of options. And um, you know, they're they're, they're a side that's used to playing in Crow Park nearly at this stage, the division four final, um, and also you know, twenty twenty when they played the dubs in that all Ireland semi-final as well. So but look, to be fair to Sligo, I mean, I think you have to give them credit for for digging out two um, two difficult games uh, in in the last two. You know, they have to overcome just looking through their results so far. I mean, they have to dig through a, a testing game against London that obviously goes to uh, goes to extra time, um, and then not only that as well. They, they had a fairly tough game against uh, against Leitrim as well. I mean, that one went to penalties. So Sligo have had a, a tough route to this competition. But, you know, maybe in the past Sligo would have been a team that might have, you know, wilted or, or given in maybe in those types of games. So I definitely think they're a, a side that's improving. Alan Reilly has emerged during this Talching Cup kick and won 12. Patrick O'Connor with 10 points. Carabine with five points as well. So, you know, Sligo... They're, uh I think at the end of the day like they're they're always going to be you know kind of a wall card for this competition and dark horses and they've got a very good attack to be fair to them a manager that knows how to organize the team you know I'd look at them as a as a side that should kick on and 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 be up there for promotion next year I think when you look at the level of quality that's coming through the under 20s as well um you know Noel Murphy for example who's been you know, excellent for uh, for Sligo in the last couple of seasons. He hasn't even kicked into gear really yet in the Tall Tune Cup. So, you know, you'd have to commend Sligo for the work that they have done. But um, but yes, yeah, Sir Klopp says Sligo really strange uh, this year, hammering the weak teams in Division 4, then some poor results towards the end, and struggled against New York and London. Drew at Leitrim, only one on pens. Yeah, like they could have been beaten by London. I mean... With a bit of bad luck, they could have been out in that first round. And obviously, we I think most people have seen the, uh, the Leitrim goal in extra time that was given as a square ball. You can clearly see he's a couple of yards in front of the square. So, you know, he shouldn't have... Um, that goal should have stood and maybe Leitrim could have went on to, to win the game. Joseph says the extra time games against London and Leitrim will bring the Sligo team on. Yeah, like I think it definitely will... And it definitely will serve to them in the next couple of seasons. But, you know, I think all in all, this probably isn't the, the draw they would have wanted. I think they would have rathered, um, you know, one of the other teams in, in the semifinals. Let's be honest. Sir Klopp says, Cavan boy, 10. J-Mac podcast says, Cavan uh, all day long end conversation, a little less conversation, a little more action. Please come on, come on. There we go. There's a, a bit of a bit, a bit of singing for you there. I suppose Kevin had much haven't had much to sing about this year, really. So, yeah. But uh, look, I would fancy them to uh, to come through this one. Um, you know, but given the fact that it's a weird one with Kevin, I, I just feel like because like all my predictions with them have really been wrong when I've backed. To be fair, they, they've come through a lot. Uh, you know, they've come through a lot of adversity this year. So if they're not beating Sligo, I think. Um, I think to be a big worry, so yeah, I'm gonna say Cavan by I'm gonna go eight points, eight points for uh, for a victory there. So the uh, the Cavan fans will, I'm sure, be out in full force in Dublin City on Sunday evening. But um, yeah, let me know your predictions in the comments down below for the weekend's Tolchian Cup action, certainly. Um, two games on RTE as well so it'll be great to actually be able to see these games live and uh, break them down all the rest because I think that's a, a big issue with a lot of these division three and four teams you don't really get to see too many of them uh, play so I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll run through some uh, all-stars so far from the 2022 All-Ireland Senior Football Championship now this is my pick so obviously do bear in mind this isn't uh this isn't official and um you know, I'm I'm obviously just a regular fan, similar to a lot of you lads. So don't take some of these picks too serious or get, you know, too offended in the in the comments down below. But do feel free to disagree and let me know your picks for for all stars so far. And obviously, what I would say as well is, it's kind of hard to, you know, I'm obviously doing this for a bit of crack and a bit of a laugh. But you know, it's hard to 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 have put in hard to have fitted in everyone and it's sort of because of the way the championship structured it's a little lopsided in some respects and the fact that you know Kerry have come through to low level division two sides we don't really know the level of what players they're at for example so it's kind of hard to know at the you know it's hard to put some of those players in for all stars although and same with Dublin as well although I do think at the end of the uh of the championship I do think we'll be looking at plenty of of uh, of all stars on both the ranks of uh, Derry or, or of Dublin and Kerry. So uh, in terms of the goalkeeper, I mean, plenty of uh, plenty of options. Kind of a hard one to pick. I mean, as I was saying there, I don't think Evan Comerford has really been tested too much for Dublin, and uh, I don't think Shane Murphy's really been tested for Kerry either. But I think you know, looking at the the games in the last couple of weeks, I think one goalkeeper who has stood up and who has given a big, big performance from his county, in my opinion, has been Ethan Rafferty of Armagh. I mean, he kicked two points from play in that win over Tyrone. Struggled with his kickouts against Donegal in the the first half, I remember. He was going down the middle quite a lot, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of them were down to him, to be perfectly honest. Um, But, you know, excellent on his kickouts from there on in when he was kicking out towards the wing. You know, and I think he has to be in there at the moment, as the uh, as the goalkeeper on the team. Now, I mean, who else would you really pick out there? I mean, Robbie Henley's only started, what, two games? I don't think he's been that impressive, to be honest, um, in terms of, like, he's missed a couple of 45s, I remember, as well. So, wouldn't quite have him in at this stage, but you would probably, you know, if Mayo were to progress on further, you might end up having him in there at, uh, at some stage. So... Look, it's all subjective. At the end of the day, if Armagh get beat by Galway, I don't think uh, the Armagh goalkeeper will be winning any uh, any all stars. Make no mistake about that. But uh, moving into the right cornerback position, I've gone for Chrissy McCaig. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I think I've seen a statistic. I mean, this guy is Mark Darren McCurry, Patrick McBrity, and Connor McManus so far, and I think. Only two points from play, I think, in total out of them all. And that's quite an extraordinary statistic, really, from him. And uh, when you look at Derry's defence in general, I mean, it's been very good. But I suppose when you do set up that defensively, I mean, it kind of needs to be good. Um, And I think McHague has has done very, very well for for Derry in at that right corner back position. um, Sir Klopp says uh, Burn. For Leitrim, um, in terms of uh, All Star picks, I presume you mean there. I mean that's definitely a, that is definitely a shout right there. Uh, moving into the full back role, we do have Mr. Brendan Rogers. Don't have an image here, unfortunately. I thought I did, but yeah, Brendan Rogers of of Derry so far, in my opinion, has been, I mean, he's been excellent so far for for Derry. I mean, he kicked three points, obviously, against. Gall when, um, you know, Michael Murphy was obviously tiring towards the end of the game. And you've seen Brendan Rodgers just racing up the field. I mean, the thing that's most exciting about this Derry side, in my opinion, is yes, they are very defensive. And you can see the Jim McGuinness comparisons and you can call them Jim McGuinness 2.0 and Rory Gallagher obviously from the same school of thought and all the rest. But the, there is an evolution about this Derry side that's a little bit different. and. When you see those fullbacks and cornerbacks racing forward with the ball, it's just a joy to behold. And Rogers was just, you know, he didn't tire whatsoever. He seemed to get even more fitter as the game went on. You think an extra time, those two decisive points that Derry won by, he scores one and he sets the other one up for Connor Glass. So um I think Rogers has been very, very good for Derry. And I think defensively, um Derry have been have been excellent under Rory Gallagher and Rogers has been a, a key key part of that moving into the left corner back and it is Tom O'Sullivan and um, he's kicked a couple of points so far for Kerry again another sort of tricky one in some respects given the fact that Kerry have faced um, you know two low level division two sides as opposed to Derry who've only had to play division one team so you know, it is kind of the nature of how the draw has gone. And I'm sure when the championship is all uh, said and done, there will certainly be more Kerry players who will get in the uh, in the conversation. Um, but Tom O'Sullivan's been very good so far for Kerry. And when you look at how well-organized Kerry defense has been so far this year throughout the league, you know, the, the Paddy tally influence, as we've very much seen, and O'Sullivan's turnovers as well has been key you know, Cork and Limerick really didn't have too much of a sniff of goals or anything like that. And I think O'Sullivan has a big, big part to to, to have played in that so far. But I think the big, big asset test will obviously be against Mayo, especially if you had a Ryan O'Donoghue back in. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see who would potentially pick him up. But obviously, that's, um, that's one we will have to wait for. Moving into the halfback line, you've got John Small. He's been very good for Dublin so far. And I think, you know, I think he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit for Dublin this year. You know, not a lot of people may be speaking about him quite a bit. And I think there's obviously a big reason for that. I mean, Dublin have demolished all three teams that they've played in the the Leinster Championship. It's obviously all been about the forwards. And Dublin have had their fair share of defensive issues, as we have seen in the league this year. But in terms of the Championship, he's been key. I mean, he got himself a goal against Kildare. He's kicked a couple of scores as well um, and he's been excellent for uh, for Dublin in around the halfback line. I think Dublin were much improved defensively against Kildare. You've definitely seen a few more sort of aggressive tackles popping in from, uh, from the likes of John Small and some of the other Dublin defenders, which we just haven't seen throughout the league. So I think Small gets in there. Tyg Morley is the man beside him. Again, some... Big turnovers from uh, from Mr. Morley of that Kerry side in at the centre-half back. So I think he's been uh, very good from a, from a Kerry perspective so far. And again, obviously watching him going up against the uh, the Mayo side, um, which is going to be an intriguing spectra- spectacle because, you know, if Kerry set up how they will set up and Mayo set up as... Um, this sort of attacking high octane team, you could see Tyg Morley playing a, cl- a critical role in those turnovers in the halfback line, and then Kerry breaking on the counter attack. So he could certainly be uh, an addition in there. Sir Klopp says Keegan as the as the sole representative for Mayo. Yeah, I mean Keegan was very very close. I haven't put him in personally, but I do think he's been uh, he's been exceptional for Mayo so far, and he's probably been Mayo's best player so far this year um and i think you know if if mayo can find a way past Kerry, you would fully expect keegan to get in there because he has been um and you know could you have keegan going up against clifford i mean i'm I'm very very excited for that mayo Kerry game by the way and i'm very very much looking forward to uh to breaking that one down next weekend but uh moving into uh number seven so the other player at wingback it is jarley o'burns of Arma, his performance against Donegal was very, very good. It was like I can understand why Ryan O'Neill obviously wins man of the match and and rightly so. You know he was uh, he was excellent. He obviously kicks one seven and I mean dominated the game. You know caught you know played that high ball into into Rory Grugan to start things off with. So you can understand why he wins man of the match. But Jarlio burns has been very, very good and very much gone under the radar for man I mean he kicked three points against Donegal. Um, kicked a point the the day previous against Tyrone as well. He's been very, very good in round that wing back position, so I don't think you can overlook Mr. Uh, Mr. Charlie Og Burns. But, um, moving into the midfield, then we have Connor Glass. Um, no surprises really there. You know, kicks a decisive point right at the end of the victory versus Donegal. and I suppose when Derry were, you know, doing their their usual passing from side to side, you know, playing it around at the back. I mean, Glass was, I suppose, key in picking out passes. And he's just, he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, the size of him at times when he's jumping up to catch highballs. I mean, he nearly looks like he's about to fly away or something like that, you know, like a seagull or something. He's, I mean, he's an extraordinary athlete. And um, yeah, he's been, he's been very, very good for Derry. The other midfielder is Paul Conroy. Um so far this year, Mr. Conroy with five points in total. Um, some exceptional points, very good against Mayo. Like Matthew Ryan was very quiet that day. And I thought Conroy certainly won that battle. Um, and obviously against Ross Common as well. He had, a, he had a very, very good game, to be fair to him, very uh critical in around the middle from uh from Mr. Paul Conroy. And you know, the fact that he's such a high scorer midfielder as well. You know, I remember even in that game against Roscommon in the league in the Crow Park. I mean, he was unbelievable. He gave a performance for the ages in the first half. So, yeah, Paul Conroy has been exceptional for for Galway. Um, And playing those support balls into Shane Walsh, I think, has been key as well. Moving on to the next position then. And I don't think it's really too much surprises. I think Kieran Kilkenny has been one of Dublin's better players this year. I think he's been very, very good. Um, he's kicked a, a total so far this year of one six, which has been key. Um, you know, and I think when you have him in the half forward line, I mean, one thing about Kilkenny in the league, and one of the reasons why I think Dublin were struggling quite a lot in the league was because Kilkenny was playing in a full forward. You know, he's not a, he's not an out and out full forward, in my opinion. He's much he's far more effective when, when you're in around the half forward line. And I think having Con Callaghan come back into the side. And then pushing uh, Kilkenny back to uh, to a half forward line, I think it's been key because his, his sort of key attribute really is linking the play together. Is, it's been brilliant. He's a fantastic ball carrier. Like he's just such a hard player to dispossess as well. Um, you know, you want to be putting in some hit to try to get the ball off him because very, very tough indeed. And, you know, the bonus to that is he, he's, a, he's a brilliant kicker of, of points as well. And, uh, you know, arguably, when you think back to last year, like he had a lot of Dublin lads who underperformed, but he hasn't. Like he's kind of kept his consistent level. So you could say, you know, in this sort of mini rut of what is it, eighteen months, or you know, if Dublin don't win the All Ireland this this year, it would be two years. Wow, two years without an All Ireland, crazy. Um, but he he's been probably the best player during that uh, during that mini spell. Um, in my opinion. Moving on next, then, who do we have next in the uh, in the half-forward line? I'm I'm not too sure who I had next. I don't know, Jeff. I'm having a Chris Kamara moment here. Um, who did I have next? I think it was Keelan Sexton. We'll throw him in there for now until uh, until we figure it out. Um, yeah, Keelan Sexton of Clare. I mean, if you score 2-6 against Roscommon and Crow Park, it certainly gets him in the conversation. He wasn't available for the opening game against Limerick. And he came off the bench against Meade. But even when he came off the bench against Meade, he made a a big impact in that game. He kicked a vital point towards the end. Did miss a penalty. But, I mean, he made up for it a week later. So I think that's absolutely uh, crucial from Mr. Keelan Sexton. And, you know, I just wanted to get a Clare player in there because why not? You know, Clare have been very good this year. I mean, a big win over the Rossies. um, A famous win in many ways. He, he kicks that late penalty. He kicks a, a point from in around the 45-meter line, and that was just brilliant. Like, to do that under that level of pressure was just key, and um, I think he's had a, a very, very good year indeed for Claire. Uh Moving on after that, I've remembered who it was now. It was Sean O'Shea. <laughs> Apologies there, but yeah, Sean O'Shea again. I mean, in, in similar fashion to what we were saying about Kilkenny, I mean, he probably hasn't come up against the highest level of uh, of opposition but he's kicked 16 points so far a lot of which have been frees uh, very good against core kicked 10 points in that game and um, you know I think if Kerry are going to go on and, and win the Old Ireland which most people expect to be honest I think this guy is going to have a huge huge part to play in that I mean he was out for the majority of the league he's come back into the team since and I think he's uh, played a, a big Role for this Kerry. side so moving into the full forward line, then before we uh, wrap things up, moving into the uh, right forward line, then we have a a player that I don't think is really too much surprise given his performance at the weekend, and it is Ryan O'Neill. I mean, he kicked one seven um, against Donegal. I mean, it was just probably one of the best individual performances I've seen this year, in my opinion. I mean. He, 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 everything he done was right. I don't even know if he had done anything wrong. To be honest, I mean, first of all, he wins the the throw and he hits the the long, you know, the direct diagonal ball straight up to Rory Grug and plays a, a part in that goal. Um, gets himself a goal, obviously from the from the penalty as well. Some really really well taken points, kicking on his left as right. You know, I remember times when he was getting defensive blocks in there. Um, he was just absolutely everywhere. He was nearly playing every position. You know, you were kind of. You're nearly seeing double looking at the TV because you were thinking there was four or five of them out there. Like, I mean, he is uh, he's some player altogether. He really, really is. And he was probably maybe a little bit quiet before that. I mean, he kicked four points against Tyrone, didn't score against Donegal on the opening day out. But um, I mean, by God, did he come into uh did he come into life in uh in that game? Number fourteen in a full forward, big Con O'Callaghan. Don't think there can be any surprises here. 213 this year. Um, you see the difference that he makes at his Dublin side since coming back into the team. Um, you know, kicked what, one five against Wexford, one six against Kildare, four against Mead. Like he's just been he's been very, very good. And um, you know, last year I thought he was a little bit quiet, sort of in the back end of the championship. He didn't have his best game against Mayo, I felt, and he was sort of his form just wasn't quite what we would normally see with Conor callum when you think back to 2019 or 2020 and you know whether there was an injury sort of there and that's why he was out in the league or what was going on i don't really know but this year he's made a big big impact coming back into the side and um you know very you know he's an option from uh you know he's, he's an option for the kick pass as well which dublin struggled with in the league so um he's been he's been very good and last but not least then i don't think there can be any surprises here shane walsh 117 this year for Galway in uh, three championship games his goal against Roscommon one of the uh, one of the goals of the championship in my opinion I mean the two little dummies before rifle in the in the goalkeepers bottom right corner mightn't be the goal of the championship I mean maybe uh, Jordan Flynn's against Roscommon might or not against Roscommon against Kildare might be up there but I think he's been uh, he's been very good in terms of some other players maybe who haven't got a mention. I mean, Sir Klopp was saying Lee Keegan there. I think you could have put him in there. Ben McCormick's been very good for Kildare. Uh, Rory Grugan's been excellent for Armagh. Stephen Campbell's been very good as well. I mean, obviously this team will change because usually when the All Stars come out, you know it's usually dominated by the two teams in the All Ireland final, and then you might get a few semi final. Players. So obviously not all of these players will will win All-Stars. We know that for uh, for a matter of fact. But, um, you know, because Shane McGuigan may be getting the mix. He's a, a potential option. Cahill O'Connor has been good for Claire I felt, Owen Cleary as well. So plenty of uh, plenty of options most definitely. You look like Chris Kamara. Definitely can see the resemblance, all right. I mean, I've got a similar, similar beard. I just need a, a microphone. To go with it, and then maybe like a little, a little green screen, uh, green, green screen. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I've been talking too much when I'm not, I'm not uh constructing my uh, my sentences. Clifford will rag doll Mayo. It won't be enough for Mayo to rally late. Most of Mayo's scores come from half back line. The Mayo half back line will be too focused on Kerry forwards. Kerry have to win. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, I don't want to speak too much about the game because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we we may even speak about it at some point, John, maybe next week or something. But I do think, like, Mayo can't approach the Kerry game in the same way that they've approached all the other games. Like, I just don't think you can be pushing Usheen Mullen, Owen McLaughlin, um, Lee Keegan so high up the pitch. You can't be pushing your halfback so high up the pitch because they'll just get murdered on the counter-attack and it'll be very, very like it, it could be quite brutal, to be honest, you know. But I'm hanging my hat that James Horn isn't going to be as naive. Surely not. Surely not. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh J Mac podcast again. Oh, geez, you're coming, you're flying with the comments here. Andy Moore made good point and off the ball. Kerry will hate getting Mayo. Suits Mayo down to the ground. Yeah, more, more of more of what we discussed there. Keegan will probably go on Sean O'Shea. Clifford could be marked by Mullen, who will be guaranteed another all-star if uh, if Mayo beat Kerry. Yeah, I suppose Oisin Mullen isn't a million miles away, I mean, you would say, isn't he? Like, in terms of all-star, I mean, it was a big goal, obviously, against Kildare. Um, but I don't think he played the Galway game, if, I'm, if, I'm, if, if I remember. But yeah, a big performance against Kerry, you would expect him to, to be in the conversation. Jack says, "Come on, writing off Kerry will probably suit them. People shouldn't mention they're not tested. Kerry have what Dubs uh, versus them years ago. The bench on on the depth. Kerry will edge it. Um, yeah. I mean, well, you'd expect them to beat Mayo. I mean, they're certainly going to be going in as uh, as favourites. And as a Dublin fan, the worrying." point there is you know dublin are realistically going to cruise past cork and it's probably going to be over going into the final 10 to 15 minutes whereas Kerry i mean they might put Mayo away early as well um but i do suspect it will be a lot closer than people think and then Kerry are going into that dublin game would a test which is as we very well know what Kerry have lacked in sort of um in the last couple of years so um before an all-or and all semi-final so look it's going to be intriguing it's going to be interesting and i'm sure we'll be around to uh to preview it tomorrow uh, or not tomorrow next week tomorrow jesus i'm i'm getting ahead of myself there but um but yeah we're going to end the stream here anyways cheers anyone who uh, who tuned in just a reminder the podcast is brought to you by declan kirby ga star the best children's uh ga book out there in the market at the minute you can find it on amazon and eason's so make sure to check uh, to check that one out as well. And there will be a hurling preview tomorrow with Paul Flaherty of What's the Score? We'll be looking at Galway versus Cork and Clare versus Wexford. So certainly two big games to discuss there. Plenty of reactions out the weekend as well. And um, yeah, cheers anyone who tuned in. If you could hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already, if you're new to the channel, support has been brilliant so far. So yeah, cheers anyone who tuned in. I'll talk to you all later.